Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello and welcome back. I'm nearly Andy Barron's joined as usual by Scott Pianowski and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast presented by Planners satisfying your snack cravings for over 100 years. Do you know what satisfied me today, Scott? Well, I'm I'm satisfied by last week's Kirk Cousin streaming decision. That was that worked out. Also, I am satisfied that Matt Rule seems to be hopeful that Christian McCaffrey is returning in week 14 just in time for the fantasy playoffs. That helps me out uh in at least two places. Uh I am relatively satisfied that it appears Aaron Rodgers has now clinched the MVP that you and Frank Schwab keep trying to give to Patrick Mahomes. Uh you have any thoughts there? How are you? Yeah, I'm satisfied that our Mahomes prop that Frank and I got in was plus 180. Now it's like minus 500. So I, I don't know. I feel justified by the math of it. We also were pushing for for people to prop any team other than the Eagles to win the NFC East. And man, the Giants look like Superman. Look at them shutting down Russ, Russ Cook. I mean, no, you can't cook against this Giants defense, which probably is going to have multiple pro bowlers. I've been saying and for a while. Shut them down with with like Colt McCoy. They didn't even have to get into a shootout with him. Well, the defense, they hit McCoy as much as they could. And, you know, to talk about hiding your quarterback, right? The Patriots didn't have 100 passing yards yet again for the second straight week, and yet they still won because Belich- Bill Belichick, you know, loves nothing he likes more than just saying, oh, hey, rookie quarterback that you're supposed to be really good, come over to to my playground for three three hours. We'll see how you do. I, I mean, I still love everything about the Chargers as soon as they get a new head coach, but uh, what, what a great Belichick game on Sunday. Let me let me ask you, because I know, I mean, everybody's a Justin Herbert fan. He's been great. He's been certainly better than than advertised coming into the draft. I know where you're going. Um, has Justin Jefferson passed him in the in the rookie of the year race? I think it's a, it's a 50-50 call right now. I, I think it's this is... Because we don't hold it to the same standard that we do MVP, right? It doesn't like have to be a quarterback. It's just the splash rookie. I completely agree with you. It, it, it doesn't, for whatever reason, it's not like the MVP, which is basically the best quarterback award. Yeah. I think it's, this may sound silly, but I think it's going to come down to who plays the best the rest of the season. I think this is, I haven't looked at the odds on BetMGM recently. Maybe I should, but to me, I don't think this, if I was a voter, I would have no, I would have nothing written on the on the piece of paper right now. I think, I still feel like this is an open race between those two guys and poor Eagles fans. They had the pick before Justin Jefferson and they went with Jalen Rager, who may prove someday to be a good player. And I, you know, he had that touchdown on the return on Sunday and maybe he'll be getting a new quarterback and it'll click with him. We'll see. But the idea that somebody went in front of Justin Jefferson, let alone that late in the first round is looking like something yeah. that we may historically look back and wonder how the heck that happened. And you know, Jefferson, it's not like he played in obscurity. 
played for LSU. He was riding shotgun with with Joe Burrow. Hundred plus control. catches too. We four saw catches in the in the Peach Bowl, four touchdown catches, and I just watched the tape of that game the other day, and they're all like, "Oh my God, this guy is a stud! You know, he should go." And I realized, look, Ruggs is really good. Judy's really good. I think Ceedee Lamb is a terrific player. Just Rager played for a bad TCU team. I feel like everybody who was promoting Rager in the draft was, was making excuses for why he didn't do better in college. Next time when you're making excuses for why somebody didn't do better in college, just take the guy who did great in college. That's, <laughs> that would be my suggestion. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. It's funny. One of the one of the things about Jefferson is that, uh, you know, he was advertised as like this, you know, he's he's going to be a slot guy, did all this work from the slot. And a lot of that, you know, certainly some of that was true. He I mean, he was a highlight machine outside, too. Like he was great wherever they lined him up. And, and I guess maybe part of it is when it can be tricky with when skill talent clusters together, we have trouble separating as my cat scratches, stop scratching, cat. We have trouble separating. <laughs> you have a cat named Cat. Uh, I please, if it's not named Cat, I don't want to know. Not, I just want to think that you podcast. have a cat. Named I don't. Cat. I don't want. Uh, I don't want to expose him to the the mean social media world. Actually, his name is Trovius. <laughs> so if you need a good cat name, there you go, Trovius the cat. It can be difficult to separate how much credit belongs to the quarterback versus the receivers. I've heard some people say when yeah. they're, they're not sure about where Tua is headed. His Miami career, well, look, he, he played with that unbelievable conveyor belt of talent at Alabama who wouldn't look great. You know, why wouldn't Kyler Murray win a Heisman Trophy when the receivers he had were ridiculous? There's a cr- criticism of Baker Mayfield. Yeah, of course, he played that Lincoln-Riley offense. So it can be difficult to know who's actually driving the bus and who's actually merely just riding on the bus. You need both pieces. I just think that it's possible. I'm not a scout. I'm not a draft nick. I'm just somebody who's trying to apply this stuff to an NFL fantasy football lens. I think it's possible to watch those LSU tapes and see, okay, yeah, as much as I love Joe Burrow, Justin Jefferson would thrive under just about any offense as long as the play around him was competent. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, for sure. Well, we are going to get into, you know, man, it feels like a million years ago that we were hyping Justin Jefferson on this podcast and in the pickups piece, um, we are, of course, going to get into pickups because that's what we do here. That's what Scott and I do. Um, before we do that, though, we've got, I mean, we've got the fantasy playoffs coming up. If you play in a league in which six teams qualify, a couple get buys. I don't even want to talk to anybody who plays in a league in which eight teams qualify. It shouldn't exist. It's an abomination. Don't want to hear about it. Don't want to think about it. But if you play in a 16 playoff field your playoffs are starting now like they're happening this week um so scott just just give the people one quick tip one quick word of advice as the playoffs begin it's gonna sound overly simplistic and a little bit silly play the players you expect to perform the best and the tie into that is i don't care when you drafted them i don't care how good you thought they were three weeks ago i, I don't care what their overall reputation is in the nfl just play who you think is going to play the best that week, perform the best that week. And it means if it means you're sitting a player that was a star, you thought a month ago, or you're, you're playing somebody who's on in an Andy Reid offense, but you don't like his matchup, whatever. I mean, you're not going to sit Kelsey or Hill, but you could, you know, maybe you could sit Clyde Edwards Hilaire. That's certainly in play for me. Don't get tied into what you thought of these guys when you drafted them, when you acquired them or what you thought a few weeks ago, just do what you think is the right thing to do today. Yeah. I, I love it. Actually, I was going to I was going to give people a version of that. Um, you said it very well. I felt like kind of a kind of a Zeke Elliott subtweet there. Um, I, was, 
I was just going to I was just going to suggest that people not do the uh, I'm I'm still floored that the uh, that the Denver Broncos uh, punted at midfield on fourth and three against the Chiefs. Right. Like, <laughs> you know, like there's a there's a fantasy lesson there somewhere. Right. Like, don't don't just settle for, as as you often say, the friendliest possible loss. Um, go, like, go for a win. Like it's out there, go for a win. You got to play the matchups that you think are best. You got to, as you say, you know, don't, don't worry for a moment about where you drafted a player. Yeah, I mean, glad, if, I'm glad you like, mentioned friendliest loss. That's, that's a big thing with me in game theory that people are so afraid of losing in a way that they feel is going to be dissatisfying or embarrassing themselves. Yes. Somehow doing a decision that will bring you a quicker loss. Like you, know, you see people who at the blackjack table, you have 14. The dealer is a king. You should take a card. But like, well, I could I could break. I could my hand could be over right now. Well, you know, if the, the dealer has 17, 18, 19 or 20. You're already lost. You know, do what is the correct thing to do. In the case of blackjack, we always know the, the, the math will tell you. Yeah, don't don't play for the friendliest loss. Don't be afraid. Yeah. You know, if, if you were to be in a game of Jeopardy and you know the other person is smarter than you or more knowledgeable and you get a daily double, you should just bet everything and hope you get lucky that you know that question. You know, bring in variance. If you're an underdog in a game, you want variance. And if yes. you're the favorite, you don't want variance. You're like, okay, I want my team to show up, have a representative game, and, and collect my winnings. So don't be afraid to embrace variance. Maybe you have to match up a quarterback with a receiver. Maybe you have to play some some correlation with a defense and a running back or something like that. You want variance if you're the underdog. Yeah, love it. Very well said. Let's dive into some pickups for the people in week 14. Where should we start? Let's start at quarterback. And I want to start at quarterback because we have a damn interesting uh, situation to talk about in Philadelphia, right? Carson Wentz, who has been obviously not good, right? He leads the NFL in, in time sacked. He leads the NFL in interceptions. He's been more or less a disaster. It's, a, it's like a $32 million a year disaster in a salary cap league. So it's no easy decision to, to sit a guy who eats up that much of your cap. Um, but nonetheless, we saw Jalen Hurts come on on Sunday and not just for a couple of gimmicky plays, not just for a series. And then back to the sideline, we we saw him come into the game to finish it. I listened to I like I couldn't wait to hit up a, uh, a live stream of some Philadelphia sports radio afterwards. And it did not disappoint like the people, the the, the media, everybody, uh, the talking heads, they all want Jalen Hurts. Philadelphia has a weird commitment at times to not playing their best players or not going with uh, uh, choices that give them the best chance to win. So we'll see what they do going forward. I, I can't imagine it's not going to be Hurts going forward, at least for the rest of the season, at least for a week. So separate from other quarterbacks who might be interesting one-week fantasy ads, just give me your general thoughts on Philly and and the Hurts-Wentz situation. I think Doug Peterson's probably coaching for his job. And so he can't think about salaries and dead money and where Carson Wentz is in a year. He has to think about how can I get a win against New Orleans or Arizona or Dallas. And unfortunately for Hertz, and, and look, we're in you, you talk about big fantasy leagues. We're in that league with Charles Robinson, the Super League. Uh, eight teams make the playoffs, by the way, so boo on that. I don't have a quarterback. I have no starting quarterback in that league. I have a bunch of guys who may ascend to starting positions at the top. You have an otherwise awesome team too. Like you're uh, like, if you just don't look at the quarterback spot, you're the favorite. I'd be one of them. Um, Eric Edholm also has had outstanding team all year. And um, some of the guys, Therese Paler is making the playoffs. His team's very good, but my, I've had to pick up every starting quarterback's own. People might say, well, Hey, why don't you, you pick up some of these other quarterbacks we're going to mention. Why don't you pick up Andy Dalton or, or Sam Darnold? I can't do that. Those guys are always on rosters. So what I've had to do, 
is pick up every Ryan Fitzpatrick, Jalen Hurts, uh, Baltimore backup, Pittsburgh backup. Just pick up like five of those guys. That, and, and also we have very thin benches too. So I've had to waste all my bench space on quarterbacks and just hope one of them gets promoted. So I really need Hurts. I, I just hate the fact that New Orleans is the first team he's getting, if he even gets to start at all. I think he will. Yeah. I think Philadelphia, Peterson will do what coaches love to do. Be coy. They're both getting reps. We don't know who the starter is. We haven't determined it. And somebody probably close to the team will will tweet out something they shouldn't. We saw that in Miami, right? Where uh, Lee Steinberg announced he was going to see his client play in week 13. <laughs> right, right. And then all of a sudden the tweet was deleted or the Instagram post, whatever it was. Because, oh, we, we need the competitive advantage of not knowing. The other team doesn't know what we're doing. I think Hertz is going to play. I'm just afraid this New Orleans matchup is screaming out 12, 13 fantasy points. Right now the Saints have, I think, the nastiest defense in the NFL. Yeah, I feel like Peterson um, declining to name a starting quarterback after the game and, and you know, falling back on the the need to watch tape, need to watch film and all that was just kind of noise. Um, and, and maybe that was giving himself some time to actually talk to Wentz. I don't know. I'm I'm theorizing there, but I don't I don't know how you go back to Wentz at this point. Like literally nobody wants to see Carson Wentz again. No fan of that team wants to see Carson Wentz again. It's a it's a crazy situation for ownership of the of the Eagles, because, again, like he has he's one hundred and eight million dollars guaranteed. It's a salary cap league like that is that is actual NFL hell. You can't allocate that much money to a player that you're not willing to put on the field. Um, It's just an absolutely brutal situation, but it it can't get worse. Right. So uh, and Hurts, I don't know. Hurts had his moments. Not that not that we should even have to judge Jalen Hurts exclusively off of what we saw in like, a you know, a quarter or two of NFL action, because we've seen a lot of him over the last five years, really. Right. He's been Alabama, Oklahoma. He's been terrific. He's he's got rushing upside that is well documented. We know that that's going to help him fantasy wise. Um, he threw a dime against, uh, you know, for a touchdown against Green Bay. It's not impossible to throw touchdown passes against Green Bay. And you're right. It's going to get a much tougher test against New Orleans, assuming that's his start. But 100 plus yards, uh, almost 30 yards on the ground, we can assume, you know, it's one of those situations that probably shakes out poorly for Miles Sanders, for any running back that he might throw to, because he sure seems like a quarterback who's just going to tuck it and run at the first sign of trouble, right? So some of those simple checkdowns may not be there. Like, he's fun, and I, I don't know. The Eagles have not been fun all season, so I hope we get to see a little bit more of him. A shout-out to Rich Rebar, who had this stat on Twitter. The Eagles have not beaten their team implied total since week six, and we're heading into week oh. 14. So that's basically saying your offense has been a disappointment consistently every week for two months. So if this isn't going – if Doug Peterson isn't willing to make a change here and he just wants to go down the ship with Wentz, and that, that's his choice. And you know, the thing with Wentz is – it's not just the passes. It's all the sacks. As you mentioned, all the sacks, all the fumbles, all the negative plays. He's clearly lost his confidence. He doesn't He doesn't trust his offensive line. He's seeing pressure when it's not there. He's holding onto the ball when he shouldn't. He's not checking out of plays when blitz indicators are available before the snap. He's just a guy who's lost his confidence. And I think just some quarterbacks just need to hit the reset button. You know, I think Sam Darnold, who we'll talk about in a second, he needs to be on a different team next year. I I know there's going to be a lot of dead money involved, but I mean, hey, the Ram- if the Rams can eat 22 million of dead money in Brandon Cooks, you can find a way to get out of a contract. That's always been the, the kind of se- se- the dirty secret of the NFL, right? Is that everybody's cuttable? It's just it's a matter of yeah. making the numbers work. I think Carson Wentz needs to be on a different team next year, maybe even as a backup quarterback. I feel fairly confident that uh, the next 
Bears starting quarterback is going to be one of like Sam Darnold or Carson Wentz or somebody, somebody from the discard pile. Well, remember, remember when the story was, how did everybody let Cam Newton get on the Patriots, the shrewd Patriots? <laughs> they're a step, you know, they're 10 steps ahead of everybody else. I have a feeling that Cam Newton, what's left of his, his arm, he's still you know, a warrior. He's still a guy who is yeah. willing to take the punishment. And uh, I have a lot of respect for what he, what he does week in and week out, but he just can't make certain throws. He cannot threaten the entire field, which seems like he, he would be a perfect fit as the 2021 <laughs> Bears quarterback. <laughs> he would be a natural bear. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. Does he have, does he have 11 rushing touchdowns now? That's amazing. Yeah, five, I mean, that's five passing. I had the yeah, odds. I, did, I, mean, I didn't check with our friends over at BetMGM, but I had the odds of a Cam Newton to Nikhil Harry touchdown pass is about 1,000 to 1 <laughs> that it actually happened. So if anybody cashed that ticket, uh, please you know, respond on Twitter with your winning ticket. And uh, don't show the barcode, of course. And uh, we'll, we'll try to get you some pub for that. I feel actually like the odds of a Jacoby Myers to Nikhil Harry touchdown were actually higher than the Cam Newton to, oh, yeah. to Nikhil you know, Harry. Look at his quarterbacks. It's it's just it's Julian Edelman. It's Jacoby Myers. <laughs> you know they, they had Mohamed Sanu last year who had a stronger arm than Brady. I think we all know that. New England always has guys who can throw the ball. Unfortunately, that right now they're not the quarterback. All right. Aside from Jalen Hurts, and you can throw Jalen Hurts into this mix too. I'm going to give you I'm going to give you four other names, and you can uh, you can give me your hierarchy of pickups here at quarterback. These are like. These are these are like your dream ads in Super League um, if they were available to you. So uh, it's Jalen Hurts. It's Philip Rivers, who I got to say, this is like he can't uh, clearly he can't move. I mean, he can't move on a good day. He can't move when he's healthy right now. He's got a foot injury that has compromised him further, but still multiple touchdown passes in five of his last seven games. He's basically always 280 yards or more. I'm considering him here and he's got a friendly schedule coming up. He's got Vegas and Houston ahead. Sam Darnold, you mentioned, I, I only want to talk about about him because he's got Seattle on deck. Obviously, they are they remain last against the pass. He gave about 310 passing yards per week. It's a very friendly spot. He's coming off a game in which he connected with Jamison Crowder a couple times. That felt like a throwback to a million years ago, but Jamison Crowder and Sam Darnold are, are still a thing. Um, we should probably talk about Baker Mayfield. He's coming off a four-touchdown performance. He seems like he has half of his touchdowns this year in the two big games, but it was, man, he was great. He was absolutely fantastic. He's got a brutal matchup coming up with Baltimore, but he does get the Jets in Week 16. So if you're adding ahead, um, you're thinking about streaming a week or two ahead of time. Uh, he will get interesting later. And then the final name that I want to bring up is, uh, and again, we're recording this before Andy Dalton faces the Ravens. So hopefully he makes it through that game unscathed. If he does, he has the mother of all revenge games coming up against his former employer, the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm here for it. Yeah, I'm here for it too. I'm going to go to Rivers first. Happy to see from the Rivers angle that they didn't use a lot of uh, Jacoby Brissett in in week 13. By the way, another one of my Super League backup I actually started Brissett this week over Hertz, just thinking that maybe Brissett would get a cheap touchdown. I'm going to win this game, by the way. Everybody's <laughs> laughing at me right now. No quarterback, Pianowski. I'm going to win this game without a quarterback. So uh, <laughs> unless Dalton Daldon whips up some magic in the final three games. So, you know, when they do the 30 for 30 on my fantasy life, I hope they remember week 13, 2020. I once I once won a 16-team league. It's a, a Chris Harris commissioned league with uh, not, not Josh McCown as my quarterback, Luke but I McCown. believe I streamed Luke McCown. Uh, in week 16. Yeah, those wild-eyed McCown boys. Uh, by the way, Josh McCown, <laughs> there's, there's a guy. Not only would I, would I not mind seeing him on a roster right now, but I would hire him to be an analyst, a coach, a coordinator. Um, For sure. He's, he's one of those guys 
who he's, he's a little bit like Ryan Fitzpatrick, where he's done everything wrong that you can do in the NFL, and he's done it for like six or seven teams, but he's acquired the wisdom that you, you know, he's paid attention in the meetings. He, he knows all the blitz indicators now. So um, yeah, there's a guy that would be a smart ad. I'm not sure what he's doing right now, but um, McCown, I think, is a bright football future, just whatever he wants to do with it. I'll go with Rivers. It gives me exposure to Frank Reich. It gives me exposure to, although I don't know where the ball is going in Indianapolis weekly, I still like Frank Reich. I still like Pittman. We saw T.Y. Hilton out of out of nowhere. The ghost of T.Y. Hilton showed up. His first 100-yard uh, game in almost two years. It goes back to December of 2018. They have backs who can, who can catch the ball. And Vegas, just whatever you want to do. I mean, they made the Jets offense look serviceable for three hours. Good on you, Las Vegas. I don't think the Darnold matchup is as good as people think, only because Seattle's defense has been better in the last three weeks. And even though they, they're coming off that embarrassing loss, that was not because of the Giants' offense. That was because the Giants' defense is, is playing so well right now, and Seattle's offense is all sorts of problems. I think Darnold is looking at 165 and a touchdown. You need to do better than that. I still think the Browns want to hide Baker. Uh, he, he was great in the Tennessee game, of course, and, and many spread the ball around. I wish he would get it more to the players we want for fantasy, but – uh, he was terrific in that first half, no denying it. But Baltimore's going to top top five defense. This is going to be a Nick Chubb game. It's going to be a Kareem Hunt game. Rivers is my priority here, and I'm going to guarantee multiple touchdown passes for Andy Dalton. And I, look, we love who he's throwing in the ball to, right? We love Cooper. We love Lamb. Gallup can still make a big play. Uh, we're going to pr- promote Dalton Schultz every week of the season. I'm not sure anything will ever ha- happen with it, but he's not a bad tight end. So I, I think Dalton is a multiple touchdown guy. If you can't get Rivers, Dalton would be my next guy. And and Hurts, I think he's interesting. If you need to wait for Arizona or Dallas in a super flex league or in a really deep format, you're in the quarterback jail that I'm in fine. I don't like him against New Orleans. So for this week, only Rivers and Dalton would be my priority plays. Yeah, I agree with that. The uh, the appealing matchup for Philly, and again, like you'd have to be pretty gutsy to, to play a rookie quarterback who, you know, is probably going to struggle against the Saints. Um, You'd have to be pretty gutsy to play him deep into the fantasy playoffs, but they do have Dallas coming up in week 16, which is a good spot for any position, really. I am super intrigued by Andy Dalton. I can't wait to see it. I think I would still go Phillip Rivers over him just because it actually hasn't been much of a roller coaster with Phillip Rivers. It's been it's been like 285 and two touchdowns basically every week for the last, I don't know, month and a half. He's been really good. I'm never going to get some huge spike week out of him. Those days are gone. Like we're not going to get four or five touchdown passes. We're not going to get the Baker Mayfield week, but I can reliably expect multiple TDs. Um, Let's switch to running back. And this is kind of messy. I don't have any good names for you. I could talk about Adrian Peterson is coming off another two touchdown game. Cam Akers is barely over 50% rostered. JD McKissick and Benny Snell are like just under 50% rostered. I could be talking about all those guys. They've got a little more juice to them. I'm fairly confident that if you are listening to a fantasy podcast in mid-December, those guys are probably gone in your league. I doubt that you're listening to this for help in your six team or eight team league or whatever. I think those guys are probably gone. Yes, they can help. Obviously cam Akers has really stumbled into a, a, a phenomenal role for Los Angeles. He still doesn't play that often. Like it's weird. He's still not playing that many snaps when he, when he's on the field, he's getting the football. They're trusting him at the goal line. Anyway, those guys are all pretty good ads. They're probably not available to any of you. So the guys that are available to you, I'm kind of interested in this first name. 
And then I'm not really at all interested in the remaining names, but I'll, I'll let you sort it out, Scott. Ty Johnson of the Jets coming off a 100-yard effort. Frank Gore got concussed on his first carry, and Johnson looked good. Um, he looked at least as good as Frank Gore has looked in, I don't know, five years. Uh, he, he was great. He was, a, he was a really good player at Maryland, too. He was a... a Crazy efficient runner at the collegiate level, about seven and a half yards per carry, and not on low volume either. He had a thousand yard season for the Terps. He was good. Gus Edwards is coming off an absolutely miserable line against Pittsburgh. Nine carries, 10 yards, but he did have a touchdown. They love him at the goal line. Um, Ito Smith is basically, uh, I don't know, he's splitting time with Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley looks like an absolute shell of himself. He's clearly hurting. The knee is clearly an issue. I hope it's not an issue for the remainder of his career. Perhaps it will be. Um, he's he's not looking good, though, and Ito Smith is playing a lot. Final name I can throw at you is Cordero Patterson, who is now running back eligible. Uh, he's kind of sneaky fun because you can slot him at wide receiver, and he's going to get you 10 carries, apparently, because he just carried 10 times for 59 yards and a touchdown against Detroit. He gets three more stellar matchups um, before the end of the season. It's Houston, it's Minnesota, it's Jacksonville. You can blow up against any of those teams on limited work. So Cordell Patterson, moderately interesting to me, but I, I recognize that these are all terrible names. Yeah, the, the first few names, the guys who are all around 50% rostered, I'm fine with any of them. You guys can sort them out as you like. So I'll, I'll just rubber stamp them. I don't think you need any more analysis on, on them. Ty Johnson looked good to the point that you almost want to be mad at the Jets for you're playing Frank Gore. Everyone look, Frank Gore's a Hall of Famer and everything, right. but he's 123 years old and he's wearing a leather helmet. Why shouldn't you be playing these younger players and evaluating and trying to figure out who they are? I thought Johnson looked really good. Or do the thing where Frank Gore plays like half the snaps and you get Ty Johnson on the field. It's crazy that Frank Gore was getting every touch. Adams didn't look bad either. Yeah. So uh, Johnson is the guy I'm going to be proactively going after. And the, the other name you mentioned that interests me is Ito Smith because Gurley's health, we can't feel good about it. I, th I think Smith might have gotten dinged up in that game, so just make sure you clarify that before you get your your offers made. But it sure seems like Smith has at least become the number two running back in Atlanta. I think he's ahead of Brian Hill right now. I don't trust Gurley. This is a team that still likes to run the ball around the goal line. It's propped up Gurley's fantasy value all day, even though all year, even though he hasn't played that well. And so he'd be my second guy. And the thing I'll mention about Patterson, I, I just want to mention by proxy, we just saw the two best games of David Montgomery's fantasy career. He had a career high in PPR points in week 12, and then he smashed it against Detroit, probably the best running back matchup you can have. Uh, whoever's doing Furious forecast this week, you know, you just get the Detroit matchup. It's like, oh, this is an easy one. Um, and that schedule is just delicious for the Bears the rest of the way. Houston, Minnesota, and Jacksonville. So I think Montgomery's going to be a league winner but if you're in the 14, 16 team leagues, you know, we, you need to really scrape the bottom of the barrel. Patterson has plausible upside because he might get double digit touches. He's got position flexibility. The offense is better with Mitch Trubisky. I'm not going to say it's a great offense by any means, but Foles has no mobility. I think the offense was just too easy to game plan against because they have a quarterback who couldn't move at all. At least Trubisky makes you a little bit more multiple. And it makes me feel, I mean, the Bears really should have won that game. It's funny. It's a, a flip of the first game they played where Detroit had no right losing. They found a loss somehow. Right, and I right. feel like Chicago had no right losing in week 13. Somehow they lost that game to the upstart uh, dead cat bounce lions. But I love this schedule for Chicago going forward. So good on you, Patterson. Uh, good on you, Montgomery owner. But also I think it makes Patterson a deeper league player of interest. It really is uh, just a fantastic closing schedule. It's scary as a Bears fan because this is the kind of schedule that can save some jobs, right? 
pull a team out of a nosedive. And I'm a little bit worried about that. Um, Mitch, clearly not playing well. But as you say, he's he's at least a moving target for defenses, whereas Nick Foles is a totally stationary target and it makes all the difference. Patterson, again, even on eight to 10 touches a game could get really interesting against this schedule. And I'm with you. I'm super interested to see a little bit more Ty Johnson. He was a, he was a really good college player. And it's great to see that translate with him finally seeing 20 touches in an actual NFL game. He looked good. The matchup ahead, not great. It's Seattle. They have on this until Wayne Gallman got a hold of them. They'd been really, really good against the run. And then the Rams are next. and The Rams have been very good against the run, too. So difficult matchups ahead for Ty Johnson. But we got to see a little bit more of him. Let's pivot to wide receiver, which I think is actually really interesting and really fun this week, in large part because we saw Kiki QT actually go off. And I, I will I will acknowledge that I that I had this wrong. Like we'd all listed Kiki QT as a as a plausible pickup, as a guy who was going to get interesting. People were throwing him into questions um, on Twitter with like w- with guys that I consider just made men, just absolute must start wide receivers. And I I didn't see this outing coming from Kiki Cutie. I didn't, I didn't think he would just step into Will Fuller's targets, which is essentially what happened. He saw nine targets. He caught eight of them, 140 plus yards. A, a lot of that wa- was about the playmaking of Deshaun Watson, but he looked great. I don't like, this is clearly a case where Bill O'Brien just had him in witness protection, had him deeply doghoused. And I, like you, you can be forgiven if you'd forgotten that Kiki Cutie was even in the league. He is. He looked fantastic. Uh, he's got Chicago coming up. Then he's got the Colts again. Then he's got Cincinnati. Pretty friendly schedule. A few other names I'm going to throw at you. Henry Ruggs uh, did nothing and actually had a very poor game until Greg Williams absolutely bombed uh, at the end. <laughs> like, like called, a, called a coverage uh, in which uh, th- there was no one back, just all out blitz. Um, and obviously Henry Ruggs is one of the fastest men in the league, ran past everyone, scored a late touchdown, saved his fantasy day, saved me in, I, I'm embarrassed to say how many leagues I was actually starting Ruggs in. Uh, so I won't even go there. Alan Lazard, pretty interesting. Uh, another low volume day, but he's always a good bet for a touchdown with future MVP Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback. Tim Patrick, we're still talking about him. He's still available in like 80% of Yahoo leagues. He's coming off a two touchdown game. I don't get it. He's going to finish this season with over 800 yards and seven or eight touchdowns. I mean, he's not a wide receiver one, but he's probably Denver's wide receiver one right now. Uh, He's been really good. He's been fairly bankable. It's either 100 yards or a touchdown or both um, more often than not. So I'm into Tim Patrick. I, I got him everywhere. Nobody else is touching him. Fine. A handful of other names to consider. T.Y. Hilton, you already mentioned. Jalen Rager, you already mentioned. He's one of those Eagles where the team just seems to refuse to start some of its most interesting players. Uh, Didn't do much as a receiver last week, but he had a huge punt return touchdown. And I'll just throw Rashard Higgins in there as well. He's coming off a six-catch game, 95 yards, a touchdown, and perhaps the finest post-touchdown celebration that I have seen this year. Yeah, if you need to dig deep, Higgins is a really good Target 8% rostered in Yahoo. And I'll also mention Chad Hansen. If you're looking to get exposure to Deshaun Watson, he also went over 100 yards. Yeah. It's funny. I, I was hoping, I was thinking that maybe one of their other uh, deeper league options would have been the guy to get. The kid from URI's name escapes me. I actually picked up on a few leagues and then I had to drop him when they didn't even dress him on Sunday. But Chad Hansen, who I know just about nothing about, he's been in the league for, I think, three years. Um, somehow he popped for 100 plus which is just the Deshaun Watson talking. Get Q- QT should have been one of your pickups last week. 
But if you're in a, a shallower league, he's the name that stands out here because we want any part of a, a Watson offense. And I've been wrong all year trying to find a tight end that we can trust in Houston. Maybe it's just going to be about the receivers and I should give up uh, the Aikens or the, or the Fells uh, search that I've been on because it hasn't turned into anything fruitful. I don't understand why Patrick is still available as much as he is. Judy's going to be a great player someday. Patrick's their best receiver today. And he's got so much touchdown equity. They're running plays that are designed to be touchdowns. He's got the size of a tight end. Or sure, it looks like he's got good size. I don't even know off the, off the top of my head how tall he is. But it's he's sure, six four. Sure, looks like he's got the. I've seen him listed six four and six five. Okay, he's big. so he's, he's got the measurables that make sense for a goal line role. But he, he runs like a wide receiver. Um, I, I would proact. I would love to. If you I'll tell you what, if you if you're not interested in picking up or playing Tim Patrick. Just do one of those rare, uh, I'm not in the same league as UP and now, but I'll make a trade with you trades and, and send me Tim Patrick <laughs> because I will immediately put him into my wide receiver three of, or flex spot on just about all of my teams. Welcome him on the roster. Cutie's the first guy I'd get. Patrick's the second guy I'd get. I don't really have a lot of faith in Hilton long term, but I, I guess because Vegas is on the schedule, he'd be the third guy. And you just just remember Higgins and Hanson if you're in those deeper leagues. Hilton with Hilton with Vegas coming up is super appealing to me. And again, he's he's a bit separate from the rest of these guys because he is 44 percent rostered right now. But I a part part of me also thinks that he was actually in the leagues in which he was dropped were probably somewhat competitive, active leagues. Right. Because he seemed like he seemed a reasonable discard to me. I don't know if we actually talked about him as a drop a few weeks ago. We probably did. We should have. He basically flatlined as a, as a fantasy asset. And then he like credit to him. He was bad. He was, and he talked about it. He owned it. He was, he was, he was playing pretty poor early in the season. Uh, he had a miserable September, October, uh, and then a little bit of bad luck in the middle of the season, some negated touchdowns along the way. But back-to-back TDs, uh, like I feel like if he's hanging out there, you, you got to get him ahead of the Vegas matchup. And I, I don't know. We've talked about this has basically become a Tim Patrick podcast. I <laughs> we talk about Tim Patrick every week in this thing. His his uh, roster percentage has not moved. It's moved from like nineteen percent to twenty one percent. I don't know what to do about it. He's their best receiver. I kind of understand not wanting to tie yourself to to Drew Locke. I guess I get that. He's really good. I mean, his like toe tap touchdown. Uh, the the I think it was was it the second of the two touchdowns against the Chiefs. Just just a great play. Yeah, just an absolutely great play. So he needs to be rostered. You know, we're all stir crazy. I think we all nothing we'd like more right now than to take a flight to Vegas. The next best thing is to fantasy stream or, or fantasy attack this Vegas <laughs> defense. The, these guys cannot stop anything. Um, you know, I think the only thing that can make their defense worse would be maybe to sign Greg Williams to a, a one month contract. <laughs> and, I, and I don't even mind that the Jets brought pressure on that play, but to have single coverage with a rookie cornerback, who by the way, Ruggs made the slightest move. To the inside, like like did make any sense to run a route inside with with seven seconds left, and the cornerback just immediately took the bait, which just makes you wonder. It makes you wonder if the Jets had their their Trevor Lawrence defense called on that play because it looked like a team trying to desperately find a way to lose a game they really didn't want to win. Yeah, I thought it was uh, in in real time. I thought it was just like an absolute masterclass in tanking. I, I thought somebody I thought somebody phoned the sideline and was like, no. No, we're not, you know, Jacksonville probably losing this week. We cannot, we cannot win this game. Never trust anybody named Greg who uses the extra G. You, you just can't trust those guys. Oh, that's a very good life rule. Actually, the the superfluous G. Um, that's a very good point. Um, we are, I don't know, contractually bound to talk about tight ends here. Like, 
you and I were talking pre-pod about the ridiculous positional advantage presented by Travis Kelsey this season. I don't like, I don't know that I've, I, I, I would have to struggle to remember the last time that we saw something like this, where one player is so consistently, if not the tight end one, he's the tight end two in a bad week, right? <laughs> like he's just, he's just so head and shoulders above everybody else in the position. I don't even like talking about any of the names that I'm about to mention. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to go into detail on any of them. We've recycled most of them. Dalton Schultz, he's still out there. Jordan Reed, he's still out there, although George Kittle probably coming back, making noises like he's coming back. Drew Sample, Tyler Eifert, Cole Komet. I don't know. Can I interest you in Cole Komet? Probably not. Yeah, I'm still feeling a lot of pain because I had streamable tight ends I liked in week 13. I thought Kyle Rudolph was in a really good spot um, toasting that baby all day oh, Monday. Gosh, he was, yeah. No Irv Smith. I got in on the Anthony Ferkser uh, buzz and now he ended up with like mid 50s in yardage because you know Tennessee was in so much garbage time you never could have could not have you could not have come up with that game flow ahead of time I, I think you got lucky if you own Ferkser he easily could have had like a nine yard game or something like that the only player here of who we mentioned who I, I feel like has any kind of a floor is Schultz just because he gets targets every week I feel like everybody else that we just mentioned at tight end could have a two target game and we'd all kind of shrug and go yeah that's kind of who he is. So Schultz would stand out to me. I do like that Sample has 89 yards his last two games. So at least he's got some comfort with whatever the Bengals are throwing out their quarterback. I'm not even sure who their starter will be in week 14. So I guess I have to mention that. You know, Eifert, the case with Eifert has always been, can he stay in the field? I mean, he had six catches in, in the game at Minnesota. And Glennon's been better. Another quarterback I, I wish I had in Super League. I actually have... Minshew, they don't want to play Minshew. They want to play Mike Glennon. That's fine. Uh, he did throw six passes to to Eifert in week 13, so I guess that's something to hang your hat on. But, you know, I, I guess I'm going to make a rule next year that I have to have Kelsey and Kittle on at least one team because it's just no fun watching Kelsey do his thing every week and knowing universally. I'm on so many, I have so many leagues, Andy, so many teams so many best balls and, and so many super flexes and so many industry leagues and so many leagues with friends and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's hard for me to know if a play helps me or hurts me because I, I can't crunch every, everything in real right, time. Right. But I know that Travis Kelsey is not somebody I drafted. You know, I wanted to take a receiver in the second round mostly. And I, I have some guys who are playing just fine, but to know that every Kelsey catch is, can only hurt me. It either hurts me directly or it hurts me indirectly. That's a frustrating space to be in. So I'm going to spend one of my first round picks next year on Travis Kelsey. I mean, seventh overall we, pick is Kelsey. Put it down. Yeah, I was just going to say, are we taking him in the first round next year? I we mean, he's got, I think he's going to be 32. Is he uh, maybe 31 now? He's going to be 32 next year. That's how um, it works, yeah, at, at a year. But we got it. <laughs> That's how it traditionally works. Who knows? 2020 and all. Um, but, I mean, we're probably taking him in the first round, right? We are. And let me also say, I've seen a little bit of groundswell for, because it's such a bad tight end year, to get rid of the position. Bad idea. We want our drafts to be more dynamic. If anything, we should be adding more flexes, playing more super flex formats. You think of the the wonderful Scott Fishbowl, which is, by the way, a pro-am. You can, you can actually get into the Fishbowl. I, I don't know exactly what you have to do to do it, but that's a league where half the league or roughly half of it is just people who are regular, you know, fine fantasy football citizens Normals. who don't work in the business. Mortals. Yeah, Mike Mills, uh, REM basis is in that league, although I know he's a, a really <laughs> good fantasy player. And what, what Scott Fish does is he sets up such quirky, unusual scoring. And I'll admit that I, I don't even completely understand it myself. All I know is this. The first round is filled with players other than running backs and wide receivers. You can take tight ends in the first round. You can take quarterbacks in the first round because 
the the wonderful Mr. Fish sets up a format that widens what's playable and what's actionable in the early rounds. And that, to me, is what makes fantasy great. When you have options, when you have choices, when your ways to design a team are more diverse. So we don't get rid of tight ends. That's not the answer. If, you, if you're frustrated tight end, I get it. But the answer is not to nuke the uh, position completely. That's a bad idea. Yeah. Plus, a, a like a, I feel like a major strategy discussion coming into drafts this year was what what is the actual value of having one of those, you know, at the time, I think we thought it was top two tight ends. Obviously, Kittle's been injured. What is the, I mean, what is the relative positional value to, to having one of those guys versus having to, and, you know, I talked to myself I mean, I have Kelsey in a fair number of leagues because I, again, I tried to, I never succeeded in doing it, but I tried to do the Hill, Kelsey, Mahomes uh, stack as often as possible. Stalfino's got one of those, um, man. But I, but I also like, I also talked myself into like Blake Jarwin and a bunch of bad ideas at tight end. It, like in leagues in which I don't have Kelsey or Kittle, wow, did I go deep? Like I waited forever and all of those guys have, have busted. You know, I, I feel like Hawkinson's the guy, TJ Hawkinson and shout out to your Iowa Hawkeyes. He's a guy I got right as an analyst, but I didn't get right as a fantasy player where I told everybody else to get him and I promoted him <laughs> and pitched him. And and I don't know that I have even one Hawkinson share. And it's frustrating because he's if you're sitting with Hawkinson right now, you're ahead of the game. You know, I mean, oh, you're thrilled. He's a yeah. top five tight end easily. And every week he's going to get anywhere from five to nine targets, which is all you need in this position is some consistency and the whiff of upside. So, um yeah, keep tight ends, man. Just, you know, pick a better one. How's that for a strategy? I'll just I'll just mention that Noah Fant, another Iowa tight end, Draft also, next year, please. Uh, closing in on that top six, top seven status. Make sure you All have right, Noah Fant a- and Debo Samuel on teams next year. I, I want you, those are two guys I'm saying, and I, not That's that everybody doesn't know they're great, but go elbow somebody out of the way to make sure you have those guys on your team. <laughs> All right, give me, before we before we wrap this thing up, give me a player that you are dropping to add one of the many previously mentioned players. Take this information at your own risk because I was en masse drop, dropping Jamison Crowder last week who who had two touchdowns before I was comfortable in my chair on Sunday. So um, maybe this will blow up in my face. <laughs> I'm going to drop another New York receiver. I Maybe I just have a problem with, with players who, who play in New Jersey. Darius Slayton is on the outside looking in at an offense that is about running the ball. It's a team that's winning with defense. When they throw the ball, it's usually going to Shepard or Ingram. I love Darius Slayton as a player. I just don't see any intermediate or deep element in this passing game right now. I think they're trying to hide their quarterbacks, whether it be Jones or McCoy. Still 68% rostered in Yahoo. And if you're not going to play a guy, it's like, why even have him on your team? You know, pick up a second defense yep. that makes sense or get some insurance at positions where it might make sense. You know, you might need to, if you have Todd Gurley, you might need Edo Smith on your team. Yeah. If you have Derrick Henry, you might need to pick up you know, one of their backup running backs or something like that. I, I just don't think the Giants offense can support a player who does what Slayton does. I'm going to go not quite that bold. And uh, this will tie back into the tepid recommendation on Cole Komet. Jimmy Graham has lost his job. Um, Cole Komet, you know, he's, he's a flawed player, right? Rookie, not perfect, but he did see seven targets on Sunday. Uh, caught five of them, had a touchdown. He was an early pick for the Bears. Um, he's he's completely usurped Jimmy Graham, uh, who was barely a rumor. I'm not even sure he appeared in the box score. 
he's losing a ton of snaps, targets to commit. There's no reason to think that that won't change. I mean, he's got, you know, he's got that friendly Chicago schedule coming up, but uh, it sure looks like Cole Komet has has taken that job. And Jimmy Graham is still is still rostered in. And listen, these are probably not winning teams necessarily, but he's still rostered in about 35 percent of Yahoo leagues. And that probably needs to end. I guess I will throw Hayden Hurst into the mix as well. That guy does not have a touchdown since week six. Over his last three games, he has five catches for 57 yards, and that is not paying the fantasy bills. Yeah, it's, it's a shame because I'm I'm a big Hurst fan, and um, he, he's done some really admirable stuff with his social brand and, and yep. been really open about some things going on in his life. I just want to say shout out to Hurst for all that stuff, but I understand why you're making the call you did. Yeah, Graham shouldn't be on a roster, and, I, and I'll admit, I, I don't know if you mentioned him or not, but... I've given up on the Houston tight end search. Um, Jordan Akins, I, I believed in you, and oh. I may have to play you in that Robinson Super League. I kind of planted a flag with uh, with Jordan Akins over the last couple of weeks, especially after the Fuller situation just did not happen at all. So you're taking down that flag, or is that half mast, or what, what are <laughs> yeah, you doing with it? Flags come down, burning the flag, the flag. <laughs> slowly lowering the flag. Yes. Uh, you, you also, um, I don't know if we mentioned it. But I, I always expect the Seattle tight end to pop. I don't think Hollister did anything in that Giants game, but. <laughs> Um, I'm actually. This is a promotion. If you're if you're dropping Graham, if you're dropping Aikens, maybe Hollister's another tight end you could look at. The great thing about picking up a tight end is you just know you're going to be dropping him in a week or two anyway. Yeah, exactly. Hollister has been my super league tight end for I don't know a month. Um, it hasn't paid dividends yet. Well, good but luck in the I'll, consolation bracket, Andy. Yeah, I was going to say he's taking me into the consolation bracket, so I, I look forward to I don't know two three more Are weeks of four? that. Oh, let's mention something else. Should we have consolation brackets and should consolation bracket teams be allowed to make pickups? Um, well, the second part of that is is easy um, for me. I actually I feel like they should be allowed to make pickups, but not claims. Um, I feel like pickups. they shouldn't yeah, no bids, get in anybody's no bids, no way. Offers. Yeah, like I'm I'm fine with anybody who wants to compete until the end of the season. I, I do feel, however, especially play in a money league. Don't like maybe don't get in the way of the playoff teams uh, in terms of waiver claims, in terms of unspent fab, anything like that. Like, don't mix yourself up in that. But if it gets late in the week and you you see a guy, you see a you see a spot that you want to fill because you don't want to finish in eighth place, you want to finish in sixth. Like, fine, that's that's totally fine. I get it. Um, make your ads, but don't get in the way and make waiver claims. I think next year I might fill around with some fun fab rules where like maybe the weekly high scoring team gets some extra fab and maybe once the consolation bracket oh, runs, I like it. runs along um all the teams that aren't the regular playoffs have their fab reset to zero so now they can no longer outbid anybody and maybe discourage them from from making offers in that first window so it's just some things i think one year in the stopa league we used to have a side dfs league that we ran and if you yep. won the dfs week you got extra fab money there's a nice little wrinkle you know to because we know just even just having a few bucks, how important that is in the fantasy playoffs. So I'm, I'm toying around and send if you have a great thing that you do in your league, that's fun. You know, send it along. I, I always like to have those discussions on Twitter. So, you know, keep those ideas coming. Yeah, that is actually an excellent idea, folks. If you need additional podcasts, we got them here at Yahoo Sports. Um, check out the Yahoo Sports NFL pod with Charles Robinson and Therese Paler. We have certainly hyped them enough. They're good fantasy players, too. Check out the Yahoo Sports Therese's, College Therese's podcast. Therese is a good fantasy player. Therese is a good fantasy player. Charles, a crooked commissioner, occasionally in the past, in the distant past, in the way past, a decent fantasy yeah, player back a fantasy, in the day. Obviously there, the, there is a a fantasy scandal coming with, with commissioner and Charles Robinson. That's, that's, that's going to happen <laughs> in the next two years. It's just a matter of 
when Wetzel turns on him and, and decides that to maybe expose it. But many, many are saying that the game has passed Charles by. But, uh, you know, at, at one point, a very adept fantasy player. Check out the Yahoo Sports College pod with Dan Wetzel with Pete Thamel with our very good friend, Pat Forty. Follow us on Twitter at Yahoo Fantasy. I am at Andy Barons. That right there is at Scott underscore Pianowski. Huge thanks to Sully, our producer, one more time, big thanks to planners. Tomorrow, you're getting Matt Harmon and Dalton Del Don. But until then, we are out. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.